Hello, everyone, and welcome to Good Gamers. Today, uh, my guest again is. Oh, uh, yeah, that's me. Um, I am Justin, or this Justin. Uh, this is my second time on the podcast, except the first one is a secret that only James and I know about. Exactly. Exactly. It was a. It was a. It was um, a certain time, a limited time only podcast, and you know only only the true listeners of good gamers can find it. That's just how it works, you know. You if, have to know the special code. Exactly. Exactly. To the Contra code. Yes. <laughs> but we can be bribed with cookies or money. More likely cookies. But uh, yep, as long as you're okay with not actually getting it, because it doesn't exist anywhere. Yeah, exactly, exactly. See what Take your cookies, though. what actually happened, uh, listeners, is um, the uh, episodes had combined, and uh, um, one of them got deleted, which was Justin's episode. So I was just like, I need to rectify this and ask Justin to come back on, and that's why we're getting this bonus episode with Justin, so... Uh, yeah, and, uh, yeah, time kind of flies by because it's quarantine, so it's been a little while, but not that long. Exactly, uh, exactly. I'm happy to be here. Exactly. So, um, Justin, what are you currently playing? Wow, uh, so many things. Um, so, uh, I'll, as always, uh, I've been playing a lot of Dungeons & Dragons. I'm sort of like a working on being a pro dm i have gotten paid to dm before but i do it mostly for fun um and i run a few games for my friends right now um that live kind of all over the country which has been super cool because i normally don't get to see them uh very much we might see each other like once or twice a year and now we see each other like once or twice a week um i'm running a descent into avernus it's like a journey into hell Mm. uh, adventure uh, and then I'm running one for my parents, actually, and my brother and a couple friends. Uh, Curse of Strahd, which is a pretty popular one. It's all, like, spooky and gothic horror, vampire kind of stuff. Of course. Um, but a lot of other things. Like, on my my Discord, uh, Very Serious Game Nights, I host, like, uh, game nights a couple times a month. And uh, you play with me sometimes on there. I do. I always enjoy played, the game. Uh, what was it? Quacks of Quindlinburg. Yes. Uh, which is hilarious. It's pretty fun. It's like a push your luck uh, chip uh, engine building potion making game that's fun and not very complicated. Indeed, indeed. The um every time when I play a board game or anything to that effect, especially if it's uh, uh I think the term is Euro game. Um mm-hmm. the, the point is that if it has a lot of depth the game has a lot of depth or a lot of rules. For some reason, I, I'm like uh, a kid in in math class when they're like five years old or whatever. <laughs> when you first learn math, and you're just oh, like yeah. you're just like um, okay, you know. <laughs> and it's very slow process for me. And uh, a lot of times, I've been, uh, oh sorry. Oh, that's fine. You can continue. Uh, I was gonna say uh, I've been. I like bunch of euro games and like heavier rules games um 
but uh, they're harder to really get people into, I think, sometimes. Like, I can teach somebody something like Quacks Quindlinburg, and everybody will know how to play it by the end of the game. Sometimes with, like, a heavier Euro game, or even, like, uh, the other big genre of games is called, like, Ameritrash. Yeah. I didn't make the name up, but it's, like, Twilight Imperium is a game in that genre. Root is a game in that genre. Mm. They usually involve more combat. Um, some of the heavier games, you know, you have to play a few times before you really understand them, and they take a few hours to play. Of course, of course. Um, so on my on my server, we tend to do like medium things, or on the lighter side, so that people can pick them up pretty quick. Of course, of course. The um, I'm sure that you've uh, played Root way more than I have. Um, and I'm playing it a lot, actually. I've, it, I've probably played it. Uh, in the last couple of weeks, I've probably played like twelve or fifteen games or something like that. Yes. And when uh, I when I was really looking into that a lot. Yes, yes. Yeah, it's it it's a it looks like a fun game, you know, like what's not to like woodland creatures battling each other. Um but the like um when you when you just see the game, like just see the game, not play it, you're like, Oh, this looks like a fun game. And then yeah. when people start explaining it to you, you're like, All right, I think I think I just read the Da Vinci code. <laughs> you know like that's pretty much yeah pretty much it and 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 and, and I, you know so like um it's like kind of like jackbox murder murder party trivia where you you're it, it it feels like the game is trolling you it's like oh you don't get this really hard game i've already explained the rules to you several times <laughs> <laughs> like oh you've played it already well now you play something that has completely different rules so you still don't know how to play exactly exactly yeah because it's for people who don't know it's like it's asymmetrical so every faction is really different of course um, and it's kind of popular in our community right now because of uh the podcast uh woodland war machine that jake who was on here recently of course uh, and some other really great people sam and kyle are doing Yes, the um, the podcast that they're yeah. doing is I like how they break it down for you. They're like yeah. they give it to you in like little segments that you know because the guy I think they may have even said it on there. This game is very rules heavy, so we're gonna do it in separate episodes, and it's like um, very useful if you know like uh, you have no experience whatsoever, and then you you come in to play it, you know. So at least you have like a good foundation, you know sure yeah um it's also there's a digital version of it which helps with rules because you like can only do what you're allowed to do even though and it's a little faster um even though it might take you a second to understand why you can only do something like i've even been on there and been like i thought it worked this way but it's not letting me do this thing or that thing and then i have to like look up the rule and i'm like oh i get it now yes yes that was very similar to me when I first played Magic the Gathering. Um, like, yeah. I'm terrible at Magic the Gathering, but I love playing games in general. And so I just remember thinking to myself, oh, I'm never going to win a, a card game uh, ever. I don't. And, uh, and then Becca started uh, streaming, Becca Scott started streaming the, the uh, online version of Magic the Gathering. And, then, yeah, and, and I would play it. You know, and I'd be like, "Oh, okay. This this is a lot more uh, 
uh, palatable for me. It's a lot easier to, because like you said, the game will be like, nope, you can't do that. Nope, nope. You know, as opposed to when you're doing it with your friend, your friend's not going to be like, oh, the reason why uh, this happened, they're not going to care. They just want to play the game. They're not going to drag out the rules if they don't feel like it, you know? So yeah, if they don't feel like it. I mean, I've taught a lot of people to play Magic, and um, depending on the person and the context, like, you know, you have to kind of go through the rules some. But if you, like, just slam all the rules at somebody on their first game, they're going to be like, I don't understand. I guess I will play this. I guess it's okay. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the um, I like that. I like that... Uh, the digital versions are more helpful in that regard because it's a better yeah. learning tool. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I'm just thinking about like the difference. I guess we did the other episode in December about how different things have become in a couple months. Of course. Uh, and how much they're pretty much the same. <laughs> yep, yep. That's... Still playing a lot of D&D and still doing a lot of the same stuff. It's very true. It's very true. Like, I, I remember as a child, I don't know how old I was, but I remember saying to myself, oh, yeah, I'm going to be a video gamer for life. You know, I don't care if I'm 80 years old. I'll still be playing games, video games, whatever. And, uh, and then I was, again, this is when you're younger. And then when you get older, you're like, well, I don't really have the time to sit here all day like I did as a child playing the game like i remember playing mario's missing and sitting the whole entire day like literally the whole entire day to beat the game i woke up i played mario's missing and the whole day went and then i went to bed (laughs) yeah uh there's a few games were like that for me but one that i really vividly remember was final fantasy three or six depending on which way you're counting Mm -hmm. um which was a pretty long game um Came out on Super Nintendo. Uh, I don't remember exactly when, um, but I bet it was like, you know, definitely you could play it for more than forty hours. But I bet you could play it for, like, doing extra stuff for like a hundred hours easily. Yes. Um, and I beat it in like four and a half days or something. So uh, it was it maybe even less than that. I don't remember exactly, but I basically for like a whole weekend. Uh, yeah, it had to have been less because it was during school. So for like a whole weekend, like I woke up, played it before I went to school on Friday. Um, and then I went to school, came home, played it the entire time throughout the weekend, like slept when I had to mm-hmm. and beat it by uh, school on Monday. It's true. It's 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 interesting. Like, um, I don't know if you ever played any of the Persona games, but... Yeah, I played five. Um, it's the only one I played, but I really liked it. They're, 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 I don't know if everyone likes them, but I, I was a fan of them. And the Persona 3, um, I played that a lot. And I remember my sister, uh, one of my sisters, because I have two sisters, uh, she was like, started singing the song that's in the game. Uh it, it it was like some sort of like, I don't know, jazz fusion, whatever. Point is, it was like trance, gonna put you in a trance. Bah, 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 nice. you know? And so she would just be singing it because I played the game so much. 
You know, like it's like Mario Brothers when you remember the the theme, the songs because you played them so much. Uh, it, it, yeah. it, it, it's it's just like now it's just like, oh, could you give me the theme to Uncharted? I'd be like, no, I don't know the theme to Uncharted, <laughs> but I played it. Yeah, it's hard to retain things like that now. Yes. Persona Five and the Persona games in general though do have really good music. Um, yes, the 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 fantasy genre usually has good music. I've I've never been disappointed with any of their music. Yeah, those like Persona Five I think is considered like one of the best video game soundtracks by a lot of people. Um, and there's like a, a website that I've gone to to like look at video game music, and it's always like number one up on there. So I'm always like, man, you're right, it is really good. Nice. It's very jazz fusion, like you were saying, though. Yeah, uh, definitely yeah. recommend it. That's what I would consider it to be. Um, th- so, um, as I know, I've already asked you in the previous episode, but if you were to make a game, Justin, what would that game be? It doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. In general, uh, I don't remember what I said before, but that's good because now I can think of it again. Um, so the things that I like most about gaming, uh, even though I like oftentimes I'm drawn to like these really crunchy, like super deep systems and stuff like that. Yes. The thing I really like the most about gaming is interacting with other people. Of course. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I think it would probably be something that have involved like role playing or connection or something like that, but maybe it was also um, like a board game with like a hidden hidden traitor mechanic or something. So I like those sneaky, I like being sneaky in games too. Gotcha. I feel like in real life, I'm uh, generally not sneaky. Like I don't like lying, and I don't. I try to be like, you know, everybody's got their own stuff they're working on, but I try to be like uh, focus on integrity when I can and try to help people when I can. And um, Yeah. So being sneaky in a board game, it's like, Oh, now I get to do this stuff. I normally don't do. <laughs> <laughs> indeed. indeed. Um, so I probably think like maybe some kind of role playing game with like a hidden trader mechanic where you got to feel like you were sneaking around and like, uh, yeah. Exactly, exactly. I'm not really sure what it would turn into, but it would be, sounds like it would be fun. The, um, like, uh, a lot of times in the, in the role-playing games, like, uh, like Fable or something like that, usually my characters are, they turn out to be evil characters, because I'm like, I can't, I'm not going to do this in real life, but I want to see what happens in the game. So, you know, I'll, I'll rob that store or I'll burn that thing down or I'll, I'll kill this guy. You know, it's like, uh, I'll sacrifice a person, you know, and, 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 and it's interesting that the game allows you to do that. You know, it's, uh, it's almost like a a safe space kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. It's, it's, you understand that. Yeah. 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 It's, it's cause you know, uh, uh, Again, I can't speak for everybody, but, you know, like, I, you know, when I want to try something, I want to try something. And if I can do it in a safe, in a safe possible manner, I will always do it because I'm just a curious person in that regard, you know? Oh, yeah. You wanting to try something. I've had a few of those experiences. Like that one game we played with Becca. Yes. Uh, the Becca Scott ran for us was hilarious. And a lot of 
the hijinks came from you just being like, you know what? I'm going to throw a chair into the mirror in this really fancy mob club. Yeah. <laughs> Doing crazy stuff like that. It, it it's it's fun. The um in the uh I played uh another game with Becca another time. Um I think it was in like February or March. Anyway, the point being is that it it it, it was the second time for the same yeah. ones, the Sword and Scroll company. And um uh, the um I played a uh, a zealot and uh I, I only owned like robes and I had a mask and everything like that. <laughs> and that and, very fun. and I, I just remember thinking to myself, like, I shouldn't have worn a mask. It's very hot. You know, I'm like, I need to take off this mask. <laughs> and oh, you, did, you actually dressed up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, had, I, I did a whole That's entrance awesome. and everything because uh, I asked Becca. I said, Becca, I was like, because uh, she wanted me to play the wrestling character again. Uh, and then I was like, oh, I'm not going to play the wrestling character. And then she was like, oh, you could play this priest. And I, and I was like, oh, but I made this zealot character. And so, um, yeah, I, I said that the character was from Bly Manor, which is based off of the haunting of Bly Manor. And uh, so I, I played like the theme song to Bly Manor and I dressed up as the character and I turned off the lights and. It was it was very funny and uh uh but then I just started to get more silly because uh I had very low sanity to begin with. I purposely gave the guy low sanity. And so like uh the guy like he ends up like taking off his cloak and running around the street naked because he has like two sanity left. He tries to possess, possess children. You know, it was, it was like a whole thing. It was, it was very funny. And I did the same thing in the game we played. Like, I think I, had, I started with like a 20 sanity or something like that, but I passed every sanity check. I think the entire game, <laughs> I might've lost like two sanity on one roll or something. I was like, ah, I planned to go crazy this game. Yes. Yes. Cause a lot of times when I play like the game, you know, uh, there's always that rule, like, oh, if you're not comfortable, let, let the other players know. So, like, I want to be, I want to be, uh, I want to be playful and fun, but I also don't want to freak anyone out. So that's why I'm always like, oh, I apologize if it's, if it's weird or, you know, something like that. And usually people don't get too bothered by my, my play style. So that's good. Yeah, yeah, I, I was not at all. My character was like, what are you doing? <laughs> but I was like, this is hilarious. <laughs> it's, 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 it's always fun playing those types of games. I like, I like playing characters, you know, like I don't mind doing like accents and stuff like that. I may not be the best at them, but Same. I like, I like doing it because it's, it's just fun being silly, you know? Yeah, it is fun. And that's like something that I think, uh, as adults, we forget sometimes, right? Like as a kid, you don't care. You're just like, this is fun, it's silly, I'm going to do it. But we kind of learn, like, uh, as we grow up, that we have to, like, you know, act a certain way. And when we're, like, too wor we're so worried that we're making people uncomfortable, which is, it's good not to make people feel uncomfortable. Agreed. Um, but it's great when you have, like, a place where you're like, nope, it's, it's cool to be silly here and, you know, do all these crazy things and, um, 
yeah, just like have fun and know that it'll be all right. And people will tell me if it's not all right. That's a big thing. Yes. And yes. like uh, trusting other people to communicate with you. Yes. So that way you can like just kind of go wild with it. Of course, of course. I, re- I recall uh, maybe, uh, I don't know if I told you, I'm probably sure I told the podcast, but like when I was younger, I used to cosplay a lot because I thought it was fun. Like, so I would just go to school dressed as Superman or I'd go to school dressed as Spawn. Not every day, just like when I felt like it. And uh, and I just remember nice. people being like, why are you dressed like this? You know, and I was like, because I want it, want to. And the, um, I guess you could say, uh, if you remember that scene in The 40-Year-Old Virgin where Steve Carell, as a young man, tries to have sex with a woman and he fails at it and she's like, you're worse. You're forever. And it traumatizes him. Uh, it was very yeah, similar with that movie. You haven't seen that movie? No. Oh, okay. Well, it's, it's, it's been out for a while. So I assumed you maybe yeah, had seen it. It's an older movie. I just haven't seen it. It's fine. Uh, don't worry. I don't watch it. I don't watch a ton of movies. And then the other thing that comes up too is like, I don't, I have goldfish brain for movies. Like even movies I like, I'm like, Oh, I love that movie. <laughs> People be like, Oh, you remember this part? I'll be like, I don't remember anything. It, it's understood. It's <laughs> a basic plot. But uh, the point being is that regardless if you've seen the movie or not, is that because so many people were being uh, critics towards me, it made me think, oh, okay, maybe I shouldn't act that way, you know? It, uh, so that's just how it is. And uh, as you said, you know, like you got to find that nice balance of playfulness and respectfulness, you know? Sure. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the closer you get with the people too, like... Um that's a big reason why I've like been trying to build like this little online community to play with people is I feel like the closer you get to each other, the more you um, get to understand where everybody's boundaries are and the more like comfortable everybody can be. Indeed. Indeed. That's why, um, that's why I think uh, the weave society and uh, the Calyx and any TTRPG that involves Becca, Vanna, Josephine, Amy, Amy Dowell, any one of them, they probably know each other so well that it, that's why it goes so well. You know what I mean? Yeah, and also, like, they have, besides knowing each other for a long time and playing a lot together, I think a lot of those particular people have some acting and improv backgrounds. Of course. Which I think uh, also, like, informs uh, informs people of, like, ways to do things, like the yes and and um, not trying to like, like trying to add on to what people are doing and make it like m- make it interesting and better, but not try to like run away with it and make it your own thing. And of course, of um, course. I forget. I was watching Critical Role, and Liam said something about it, but I think he said like an improv. They call it the gift, where you give somebody like this really fun thing to play with. Of course, of course. Uh, in an improv scene. That that makes perfect sense, what you were saying uh, earlier about the acting, because I've seen people that have done, uh, you know, like uh, TTRPGs, and they seemed friendly, but it just seemed like a dull game. You know what I mean? Like, they were like, I am going to go to the castle and save this person. And they'd be like, oh, you're going to save that person? You'd be like, yes, I am. You know what I mean? Roll to save the person. Exactly, exactly. And, uh, (laughs) 
you know, it's, I understand that part, but uh, I just think that definitely, you know, being a friend, you know, like helps them, you know, it's like, it's like giving Superman a a grenade launcher, you know, it's like, he doesn't need it, but it's cool. But it is cool. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I just looked up the improv and gift, and I came up with this game, the best gift ever. It's an improv warm-up game called Giving Gifts, where each player shapes something out of thin air, hands it to their partner, and describes it to them. It's completely imaginary, so it could be anything. And then the recipient has to act like they absolutely love it and say enthusiastically yes, and just like run with it. It's kind of fun. I might use it as like a warm up for some of my D and D games one day. Neat. Some of my Neat. friends. I believe uh, in. I don't know if it was like my senior year, maybe it was my junior year, but in college, I used to always join clubs. I don't know if you did that, um, but. Like one year it was like anime club. The next year it was you know like student council. The next year it was, uh, improv club or music club or whatever you know. And I was uh, in two clubs. I was in anime club, and I don't want to be in a club because it's popular. <laughs> edgy. <laughs> and I, when I was younger. I was like, uh, I wore all black and like did like anything cool, except uh, cool stuff. I hear you. I hear you. The uh, black is one of my favorite colors. Uh, black and blue are actually literally my favorite colors. Um, I think mine are black and purple, probably. Oh, well, you know, it's uh, like I said. It. I ever since I heard, uh, you know, like uh, I think it was. Uh, what's the name of that song? It was. Uh, I think it was one by Metallica. And oh yeah. I, I, as soon as I heard that song. I was just like, I love this type of music. I need to hear more of it. And then I... <laughs> yeah. You know, and then of course Actually, it just... Metallica was like my first introduction into like heavier metal and kind of stuff like that too. Exactly, exactly. Because a lot of the music that I heard prior to that was mostly like church music or like mm-hmm. light music. You know, like, uh, hop on the bus, Gus. Don't need to be coy, Roy. <laughs> You know, like stuff I like that. Got really into Alanis Morissette for a little while. Yes, of course. I was like maybe like in sixth grade or something, uh, maybe fifth grade even. And then my cousin took me to a concert, and it was Metallica. Uh, and so the first time I really ever listened to them was live, and I was like, "This is crazy." Exactly, exactly. The last concert that I went to before the uh, the pandemic occurred was Iron Maiden, and. I I've never seen Iron Maiden before, and the people there, you know, who have gone many times, they're like, "Oh, Bruce Dickinson, he doesn't have that, that that oomph that he used to have." And I was like, "The guy is how old? He's like probably in his sixties, maybe, maybe seventies, and he's still performing. That's fantastic." I was like, "What's wrong with you? Like, did you see the guy performance? That's fantastic, you know." Um, But. yeah, I just love I just love live music. I I always thought it was so cool, like to experience it because you know it's it's it has a different energy as opposed to just listening to it. You know what I mean? That's just my opinion. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I saw Iron Maiden once, but it, it didn't it didn't stick in my mind very much because it was during the middle of like an Ozfest. Okay. 
uh, and there was just like a whole bunch of metal bands like on two different stages and um yeah it was like iron maiden and then i don't remember maybe slipknot or some band like that was on the other stage and then uh after iron maiden i think it was slayer i could be mixing up multiple years but then everything just started going crazy and people started throwing things everywhere of course of course yeah things can get crazy the um i remember the first time i went to uh a concert or maybe a metal show to be more specific uh and um i said to my friend i was like i don't really dress like like you do I was wearing like a Roadrunner t-shirt, jeans and sneakers. And he was wearing like, you know, the the chain wallet, the black pants, the metal boots, you know, like the whole thing. Yeah. And I was like, I'm totally going to stick out like a, thor- a sore thumb. And he's like, no one's going to care. And he was right. Yeah, I, n- no one cared, whatever. <laughs> it was it was very fun. I think I think the groups that I saw were, uh, I think it was Moonspell. And Lacuna Coil, maybe? I don't know. Oh, the- Lacuna Coil's one that I know. They're great. Yeah, it was a while, it was a while back. This is when, um, in New York City, or maybe it was in Brooklyn or Queens, one of those, where they had uh, Lamore's CBGBs. They were, like, well-known, established uh, music clubs. You know, like, they were uh, iconic. Now they've gone the way of the dodo. Um, but... Um, yeah. I was always like we would always go to the city to watch shows, whatever it was, and uh, it was it was a fun time. Um, but nice. yeah, I used to do a lot of that, but it was in DC area. But it's been a while. I don't go as often as I used to uh, for various reasons. Like I'm not as like diehard a metal head as I was. Like that was all I listened to like in high school and my twenties, most of my twenties. I understand. Uh, but either that or like electronic dance music kind of stuff. Nice, nice. Um, I got into that for a while. But yeah, these days I am very lazy. I still love music, but I mostly let YouTube tell me what to listen to. <laughs> it's understandable. Now, a lot of people. YouTube music. <laughs> yes, yes. A lot of people, they'll tell me about the, what is it, Spotify? What is your Spotify playlist? What is your Spotify? And I was like, I've never used Spotify. I literally just type in the song I want to hear on YouTube and listen to it. <laughs> and then I just go. Yeah, and uh, Yeah, and like YouTube music, just basically, it was Google music. Yes. Now it's YouTube music, and it's Spotify, basically. Uh, it's just not the same type of thing it's not even like the regular youtube with like the videos and stuff exactly i i like that it's um like uh, i don't know if spotify does it because i don't use spotify but the uh when i'm listening to a song whatever it may be it'd be like hey you'll probably like this next song so i'd be like all right i'll check it out you know and if i don't like it i'll skip it but i like that i like i've been listening to a lot of like lo lo lo-fi and trip-hop stuff like that these days understood understood uh again i i just love metal so i'm always gonna listen to metal <laughs> uh i do oh, listen yeah, to so other genres metal in too. but i just i just love metal i just it, it, it it's just fantastic um yeah. but uh i have a good question if you were to yeah. uh choose a type of music to uh score a video game what type of music would it be Yeah, I mean, 
I guess the type, the mu- music and video games for the most part are very like intertwined. Like having, a, we were just talking about Persona, having a good soundtrack. Yes. Um, really adds to the game a lot. And I don't think I would ever think to do like jazz fusion like Persona did uh, for like a dark uh, kind of J- JRPG kind of game, but it works out super well. Uh, but so it would depend on the game some. Um, but approaching it from this direction, I think, um, you know, something that I've not really seen done a lot is like, um, and another type of genre that I like a lot is like breakbeats, uh, is a type of EDM that I really like. It's what you see people breakdance to a lot. Of course. uh, But also drum and bass, um, and in particular, liquid drum and bass, which is like drum and bass, uh, is like the the boots and cats and boots and cats and boots and cats. And yes. Um, but liquid drum and bass has like harmonies and like uh, melody and like chill vibes spread through it. Um. So I don't know. Maybe you could like do some kind of combination of like those facets of uh, like EDM music. Uh, and that could be something kind of interesting or unique. It makes me think about like what kind of game would come out of that, you know? Agreed. Um, I'm sure you've heard of the band Moonspell, right? Uh, you mentioned it a moment ago, and that was the first time I heard of it. Okay, okay. Well, Moonspell is mostly like... Uh, or uh, Moonspell is more heavier, but uh, the band that I'm thinking of actually is uh, Nightwish. Uh, Nightwish I have heard of. And uh, they're they're more like an orchestral kind of operatic metal, yeah. and and I was thinking yeah. like if I were to make a game that it would be similar to that, because um, I was reading the name of the wind, the book by Patrick Rothfuss not too long ago, and yeah, I really want to read that at some point, but I've procrastinated because it's a trilogy and the last book has been in the making for a while, and I'm like, course. do I want to hurry up and wait like everybody else? You can do whatever you... I always read at my own pace. You know, like, I, I used to be one of those people where I was like, oh, I've got to catch up with this and i got to catch up with that. And then I would just get so so much burnout that I just, be like, didn't want to do anything. So now I'm just like, I'll read it at my own pace. You know? Um, and sure. it seems to work for me in that regard. Uh, yeah, something like Nightwish would be cool. That would be, like, pretty... Pretty epic sounding music. Like I think epic is something I would use to describe their music a lot of times. I agree. They um the reason why I mentioned that is because they did a if I didn't say it already, they did a song for Name the Wind and it was and it was called the Edi Naru or or something like that. And I it, it was just like, Yes, this is a very jaunty and fun song. You know, and it but it still has that that like badassery to it, you know what I mean? So I'll have to look into that because uh, a good friend of mine, I don't know if you've played any games with her yet, her name's Holly, um, is really into the Name of the Wind as well. I think I may have played a game with Holly. I don't know. No, actually, Quacks. She was in Quacks. Yeah, there you go. I was like, that name sounds familiar. (laughs) Yeah, we just played. Uh, Um, Yeah. Uh, Speaking of music and games, uh, there is a game that, I don't know when it's ever going to come out, but I'm really excited about it called Chorus. Chorus, okay. Um, and 
The main character is going to be voiced by Laura Bailey. Oh, okay, that's a good choice. Uh, from Critical Role, which is really great. Um, and there's a, there's two games with this name, so if you do look it up, uh, you got to find the musical one. Of course. Uh, but it's like a musical adventure game where uh, it's like more modern, but it involves like the Greek pantheon. Gotcha. Um, so you'll have like Persephone, but like thousands of years have gone by, so her story is a little different. Hmm. But uh, it's a musical, so you engage with like the minotaur in the labyrinth and you have to defeat him in a musical style singing battle uh and you pick like the things that your character says and the tone and that impacts like your abilities and like it looks very cool um hmm. i can't remember it's been delayed a little bit because of uh, the pandemic and everything but yes i'm really excited about it there's a similar game i can't remember the name of it but it was like uh, this guy would walk around and he would sing like a tone and whatever tone he sang would change the way the game was. And you would, you would have boss battles with singing. It was very interesting. I can't remember the name of it, but it was, you know, it was an independent game as, as far as I can remember. But yeah, this is the, uh, one of those to go. the uh, I don't know how often. Oh, that's cool. I don't know how often the uh, you played uh, Dreamcast at all, but one of my favorite games for Dreamcast was uh, what was it? Space Channel Five, mm-hmm. and it was and it was it was one of those things where it was a dance game, but like the way that they pronounce. Uh, put it together it seemed more like a sing game you know like it was like up down left right shoot 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 and it was like yes i get it i get it <laughs> you know yeah i only played it a little bit but uh, i always thought it looked very cool i never had a dreamcast myself so it was only like when i got together with certain friends that i could uh, ever play it of course of course you just go over to your friend's house and they'd have it and they let you play it i do rem- i do remember when playstation 2 came out uh, I remember being in line to get it like the night before at a Best Buy, uh, and someone had a Dreamcast with a TV set up in the back of their truck. Wow! Uh, and we were playing all these different Dreamcast games. That's pretty neat. Super fun. The um, yeah, way back in the day, I, I when I had got the PlayStation Two, I had reserved it, and then I went to the the local mall, and I traded in my old PlayStation One because they told me, you know, like through research, they were like. Oh, it's backwards compatible, so you don't need that anymore. And so I traded it in. I just remember like being so upset that I had to trade in the console. You know, like it was like the end of it. it, it part of my soul was going away. <laughs> You're like, no. And and the guy, the guy was like, "Oh yeah, you know, we'll give it to you. We'll give you thirty dollars for it or whatever." And, and and I was like, "All right." But the thing was, is with the thirty dollars that I had gotten. I had bought in, uh, the warranty, the extended warranty. Now, usually, I don't buy extended warranties. But this actually worked out because the PlayStation 2 that I got, I ended up running through, I think, like two or three PlayStation 2s because they always had like some sort of error. It was just a fluke, um, I feel. Uh, yeah, I got home. It wouldn't play DVDs. I got home. It wouldn't play, it wouldn't play this game. You know, it was like, it was weird. But... If I didn't get the extended warranty, I would have had to either deal with that issue that the console had 
or I would have had to buy a whole new console, you know? So it yeah, worked out nicely. That would not be good. Yes, yes. Yeah, I remember, uh, not personally, I never had any trouble with my PS2, and I think the vast majority of people didn't, but it seemed like that there was just like, I worked at GameStop for a while, and it seemed like the people who did have problems just had multiple problems in a row like this console didn't work i got another one and it still doesn't work and yeah. they're always like i don't know what's going on like it was strange it was strange because uh i don't know if you remember like the the discs used to have different colors like one was like silver and one was like blue or kind of purplish tinge and, and then playstation one ones were black yeah exactly exactly so it was like it would play these types of color ones but it wouldn't play the these types of color ones or you know like I remember the PlayStation would overheat the original PlayStation and I would turn it upside down because those were where the vents were and then it would cool down enough where I could still keep playing. I'm not sure if you can hear or not, but uh, is not making a bunch of noise. So. Oh, I didn't, I didn't hear that, but... My mic is pretty good at filtering it out, so I'm not sure, but it's like he's crawling around in a bag. <laughs> Well, I apologize if that's the case. I don't know if that's going to be on the recording, but... Um, if you can't hear it, it probably won't be. But yeah, I'm hoping I can grab him real quick and get him to purr for us. <laughs> well, if you want to do that, that's fine by me. Um, Let's try. Sure, sure. Auto. Get the cat to join the podcast and give his two purrs. Play on two cents. A lot of times we've uh, got him like brainwashed a little bit so that when we pick him up, yes, uh, we give him treats. And so he'll start purring like super loudly when you pick him up. Oh, nice. The, uh, one of the, my neighbor's cats, when I come home, she'll like run, run up the stairs and stand right by my door or near my door. And, and she'll be like, hey, hey, pet me, you know, hey, pet me. And then I'll start petting her. And then as I try to walk past, she'll like swat at me for more petting if I turn away. You know? Oh, wow. She's like, no. She's like, no, I need more pets. Where are you going? <laughs> she does it a yeah, lot. I, do, uh, I think that's, that's very amusing. Yeah, my roommate's cat. It's actually my roommate's cat, but Otto. Um, they've got him trained, and I, like, I helped out a little bit, but mostly they did it. Um, which just more recently I've been helping since he's lived here. Uh, but basically he's trained, so he does a bunch of tricks. He sits, he stands, he high-fives. You can say, like, high-five, and then you can say other, and he'll, like, switch paws. Nice. It's the cutest thing ever, and uh, he'll come when you call him. Like, he can be on the other side of the apartment, and it's not like a dog where you, like, whistle one time and he runs over, but you call him a couple times, and he'll, he'll like, trot over and be like, yes, you called. <laughs> treats for me. I had a cat that, um, if the door wasn't locked, could open the door. They, 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 they figured out how to open the door, which I thought was so cool. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of times we think that, uh, you know, cats aren't as smart as they are. And it probably varies cat to cat. And they have, like, pretty strong personalities. So sometimes it's just harder to get them to do what you want compared to a dog who's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. Of course, of course. Yeah, dogs are more compliant. Yes, they, 
they want your 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 love and affection more than cats do. So it's very understandable. Your but, cat's like, mm, feed me. <laughs> okay, feed me a little bit. So um, I don't know oh. if you're going to remember this or not, but that's fine if 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 you don't. But do you remember the very first game that you played or no? Um, yeah, probably. So it's like a, it's a jumble, uh, but it was definitely a Nintendo game, I think. Okay. Uh, you know, maybe it wasn't, maybe it was like an arcade game. Well, yeah. Yeah, I remember like the first game that like really i spent a lot of time on and like made a huge impact on me and that was the first uh legend of zelda game oh okay Um, but it wasn't the first one i actually played i definitely played like mario and duck hunt before that because it just came with the nintendo sure sure um and i feel like i probably had played like donkey kong and a couple like galaga like the, you know, whatever was out at the arcade machines when sure. I was younger. Because I used to, whenever we'd go to like Pizza Hut or any restaurant with an arcade machine, I would be like, oh, I have to play, I have to go to the arcade. Exactly, exactly. I, I'm a big fan of arcade games. When I was uh, when I was a, a younger child, if there was like a pizzeria or there was some sort of store, video store or whatever, and they had a video game, like an arcade, I had to go over there and look at it and if I had change, I would want to play it, you know, <laughs> like, uh, sure. be it the X-Men arcade game or the Simpsons arcade game, whatever it was. Uh, yeah, those were both fun. Uh, there was actually a Dungeons and Dragons arcade game, two of them, and they are still some of my all time favorite games. Nice. Nice. Uh, I beat the first one at the actual arcade, but it took like a bit of money. It, there were some hard parts. Of course, of course, um, yeah. But they're pretty sweet. Uh, they're made by Capcom. Um, and so they had, like, old-school D&D characters, not like we have nowadays where, like, you could be the fighter or the cleric or the wizard, or you could be the elf or the dwarf. <laughs> nice. It was just, like, the elf was, like, a class um, instead of, like, now in D&D where you, get, you could be an elf and a fighter. Hmm. Yeah, they, um, and then they had, like, Capcom-style, like, Street Fighter secret moves. Oh, nice. Um, where you could, like, you know, down-back quarter-circle, uh, or, like, you know, down-quarter-circle back and hit a button and you do, like, a special move. Of course, of course. Yeah, like, Streets of Rage always had a lot of those secret moves, if you ever played Streets of Rage. I have some. My friend and I were talking about maybe streaming it. There's a new one. A oh, yeah. One, not a new one. Uh, but they're like the newest one, I think, for... We were talking about streaming it sometime. It's a fun game. Um, uh, um, I haven't beaten the game, but, th- like, um, you get, like, the old school characters as well as some new characters, which I think is pretty cool. Um, my my favorite character was always Skate. I just thought that was the most fun character, if you ever played Streets of Rage 2. Um been so long but it was this little dude and he had he would fight people on skates and then he would jump oh, on their nice. shoulders and then like punch them on the head it was very fun 
Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he's in the the the, the current version. I haven't seen him. Uh, also, I don't know if the the one I'm I'm like saying the new one, but I don't know if it's really new. Streets of Rage, I think it's four. Yes. Because uh, I have Streets of Rage four. I have it on my Switch. So yeah, so that's pretty new. Because I I think I went to. It's like PAX Boston, and they were debuting it there, or something like that. Nice, but uh, I miss. Uh, I'm looking forward to conventions being a thing again. Like, I haven't gone to a lot of gaming conventions, but I ran the gaming department for an anime convention for years. Nice. Uh, not like I, I haven't done it in a while, but uh, for years it was called Anime USA. Okay. Uh, convention in the DC area. Um. And it was always super fun. Um, and then I went to Gen Con, like, right before the pandemic, and that was also amazing. Um, saw Critical Role Live uh, for the second time. Um, might have been the third time. I think it was the second time. Um, yeah, looking forward to that kind of stuff coming back. It was super fun. I, I agree. It, it was always a good time. The... Uh... Like, uh, generally, I wasn't the type of person to go to the, uh, the, um, the conventions that much. But because I had befriended so many people online that played those games, uh, I was just like, well, I, I got to check it out and see how fun it is. You know, so, um, it was, uh, again, and once you were there, you were just like, oh, this is so fun. Why, why, why haven't I gone to these, you know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's a good time. Like, yeah, I went to Gen Con with a friend of mine, and as I don't know if he'd been to any conventions at all before, but uh, definitely my first one that size and first gaming one. And we didn't prepare as much as you need to. Like I think Gen Con, you got to start planning. Like, oh yeah, year. there's like a lottery for the hotel and everything. Unless unless you get like uh, some sort of like uh, Airbnb with like a group of people, you know? Because yeah. I've done that we, once just ended up being like not that far away but it was like right away um instead of being like right in the area and uh a lot of the the games and events and stuff were like not all of them we got to do some fun stuff still but a lot of them were like booked of course of course the um one of the years i can't remember what year it was but uh vanna did a, a whole magic the gathering thing for the vanguard and you had to be you had to sign like a thing and because the, they had to rent a room and we just sat there and we played magic the gathering i think it was like for two maybe three hours in this private hall and like whoever won the contest won something like a magic the gathering kind of thing but it was nice because um the cards were provided for you if you've never played it which i hadn't so they just let you open up a whole bunch of packs and then they were like, here, you can have these now. Which I eventually gave to someone who was more inclined in Magic the Gathering and was thrilled that I gave them those cards. Uh, <laughs> That's awesome. But, uh, yeah, similar with, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with World Builders, but World Builders yeah, did yeah. a similar Magic thing. thing. Yes, because I went to one year to World Builders in, uh, I think it was the state of Washington. And, uh, like after the end, because we were playing like Bananagrams and whatnot, uh, and it was for charity, 
And uh, I, I did terrible. I don't think I won any of the games. Uh, uh, Bananagrams for charity? Sounds fun. Yeah, yeah. It, it, again, it was very fun. And uh, yeah. at the end of it, they gave you like a swag bag kind of thing. And it had Magic the Gathering cards in it and that, some other books. that They weren't packaged Roth's books, but they were other books. And they were good books. Um, nice. But uh, so I just have uh, one question before we go. And uh, that question is, if, if you had uh, a piece of advice to impart uh, to anybody, me or the audience, what, what would that be? Hmm. Uh, that's a good one. Um, let me think for a moment. So I think kind of uh, the thing that I've been trying to you know, implement and live my own life by, uh, which, you know, I, I work, it's still a work in progress, but, uh, has been paraphrased or, uh, said in a similar way, um, by uh, a character in critical role that I really like, uh, which is, uh, to always try to leave, uh, the world or the, the place, uh, better than you find it. So, uh, just try to, um, you know, your community, your friends, your family, your your room, your apartment, your wherever you're at, um, when you show up there, instead of, like, looking at it and being like, what's wrong with this place, uh, look at it and say, like, can I make this just a little better before I move on? Uh, and I think that can be very helpful, like, a, a mind shift to thinking, like, how can I make it better instead of, like, how am I bothered by the way it is? Mm. Um, I think that can really help uh, a lot of a lot of people and myself included. Um, and it's also very efficient. Like if everybody does that, then it's not like about who did this or who did that. Um, it's about how you make it better, and you know things tend to uh, improve that way um, rapidly. Actually, I think. Um, when people work, because it's, it's really like another way of working together in some ways, too. Mm-hmm. When multiple people are doing it. Uh, and it also doesn't feel as like like much as much of a burden. It feels like you're doing service and you're helping out. Uh, and not like, oh, I have to do this thing. Grumble, grumble, grumble. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, I would say uh, try to leave everywhere. We'll just say try to leave the world better than you find it. Oh, well, that's a great piece of advice. Um, I appreciate that uh, you decided to do the show again. Um, yeah, it was fun. I apologize for uh, it being uh, affected the way that it you know, got deleted. Um, but I'm, I'm glad that well, you decided to... You'll never to... get to hear us talk about Tom Hanks' first movie, which was anti-D&D. Yes, yes. Well, now, now they can because it's at the end of the podcast. So now they'll just be like, let me Google it. <laughs> You know, or or if you if maybe if you don't like Google, you can use Bing. I I don't care. Uh, oh, who does that? <laughs> oh well, I still use dog piles, so I don't know what you're talking about. But um, but uh, a joke on Critical Role recently where they were like hackers on an ad. Yes. Uh, and they're like, where did where did he trap him? They trapped him in Bing, the place that no one goes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought that was funny. Yes, yes. Well, at least they didn't trap him in Alta Vista. That's all I have to say. 
because there's no coming back from that one. Um, but uh, yes, yeah, so yeah, thank you again, uh, Justin, and uh, until next time, everybody, GG.